I tell you what, boy, something about that blood. That blood brings power. Ah, that blood brings power. That blood, that blood brings life. When that blood is applied, there's no room for depression. When the blood is applied, it restores marriages. When that blood is applied, the blood says, the blood says I can lay a line and Satan can't pass that line. Addictions can't pass that line because it's the blood. Oh man, I tell you, I'm so thankful for the blood because without the blood, I couldn't stand here today. My in-laws trusted me to be up here to give this word. I thank my family for coming. I love y'all. I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for you raising me in church. Even when I was lost in the world, I could remember coming up in church. Remembering what you guys taught me. I love y'all. I thank you. All my family. I believe there's a reward for uh, bring a friend to church day. I'd have won that today, wouldn't I? But I believe God has given me a word and it's been burning inside of me. And I'm ready to release it. There we go. I can hear myself now. Ain't that what you say, Mr. Stevie? I had to hear myself title of this message is called Surrounded and this morning the pastor was all over when he was up here speaking about praise and how praise can shift things in your life but I want to come to you today out of 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verses 1 through 29 I'm not going to read them all but I'm going to dig out the nuggets inside of it. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4 says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and which them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the word. The word brings life. The word brings freedom. Your word is true, God. If we stand on your word, there's no attacks that can come against us, Lord. We thank you for that word. I'm a firm believer that in praying and fasting, these things are mandatory as Christians and as uh, citizens of the kingdom of God. 
I believe in order to have a proper relationship with Jesus, we must pray every day. I don't think it's just something that we do when we are faced with something, something that we do when something happens. Prayer should be every day. It should be very evident in your life. And I believe that fasting, sometimes it takes tearing our flesh down in order to get a word from the Lord. Sometimes it takes going without to get a word from within. You know what I mean? And there's going to be seasons in our life where the enemy's going to close in on us from every angle and try to steal our seed. And the only option you're going to have is to fight. You can't run from it because when Satan comes, there ain't no running. You got to fight or flee. And Jehoshaphat understood that. Jehoshaphat knew that when these enemies come against him, that they were coming to take every promise that God had already given them. Verses five through nine says, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. And Jehoshaphat, I'm telling you, that's a prayer that we could always pray whenever we're faced with, with the enemy. The first thing he did there was he acknowledged God's power. Amen. He said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? He said, God, I know you are holy. I know you are the one above. I know that you are stronger than any man on this planet because you hold the planet in your hand. You're the God of the heavens and the God of the earth. So nothing can come against you. I'm calling on you. I acknowledge you and I know who you are. The second thing he says is he reminds God of his promises. The last time I checked it, it said God's promises, yes and amen, not no and I won't. When God has promised his children something, he's going to deliver. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 says this, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? See, we go through these things sometimes. In the Old Testament, they had to go to the temple and go inside the temple in order to get in God's presence. See, when the blood was applied, when the blood was applied, Jesus said, I am the kingdom of heaven. And now I'm going to dwell inside of you. I'm going to be there for you. So guess what? Now, we have people that were going through hell on Monday, 
but they're waiting till Sunday thinking that the church is the only place to come to fall to the altar to get a word from the Lord and be in his presence. But I'm telling you, when you're facing these battles during the week, I don't care if you're at home, you go to your closet. When you're at work, you go and you find the Lord. If you're somewhere out in the public, wherever you go and you can find the Lord because he said, my presence is in you, you are my temple. So if we believe that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God then and he is the same God now, then we got to understand that we are a temple. And the same temple that they had to go to, they had to get in line for. I can imagine that the line was from here to the other end of Pembroke to get in that temple. They had to wait and wait and wait just to get a chance to go into the temple to be in his presence. What are we waiting for? Why wait when we are the temple? Our body is the temple. That's what Paul says. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Joseph said that God told him that when disaster comes upon us, we can stand before the temple and in your presence cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. He's, he's saying that when, disaster, when we're faced with disaster, cry out, Jesus! Oh man, there's something about that name, Jesus, I'm telling you. When you ain't got no words to say, you just stop and say, Jesus! Because our body is a temple, you have to understand that. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We have a direct line to the Father. We don't have to go through anybody else. Hallelujah. So Paul said our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said that we don't have to be in a building to enter his presence. We don't have to try to find the altar. When the, and I know that sometimes the church, being amongst our brothers and sisters, that is sometimes the best place to be when his spirit fills the atmosphere. There's no better room for it. But I'm telling you that when you're going through a battle, you got to understand that you can do like David did when he come into the camp and everything was gone and everything was stolen from him. He cried and cried and cried till he couldn't no more. David said, somebody bring me, somebody bring me my, good God almighty. He said, whoa, he had to enter God's presence right then. He didn't have time to go find no temple. He says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. When we're faced with these battles and we got to fight these battles, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord sometimes because Satan's took everything out of us. He's beat us. He's choked us out. It's about like wrestling. He's put us on the ground. He's got us pinned down. He's getting a one, two, three count. He thinks he's got us, but at three, we jump. 
That's when we got to start encouraging ourselves in the Lord. We can't, get, we can't wait to get to church on Sunday. We got to get it right then. Sometimes if we wait till we get to church on Sunday, the devil's beat us up so much we can't get up. Satan's out to attack your mind, your body, and he's trying to drain your spirit. And he's got one purpose in mind. He wants your soul. Because if he can get your soul, that's just one more that he can keep out of the kingdom of heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, it says, For though we live in the world, we, don't, we do not wage war as the world does. That the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Paul says the only way to combat these attacks are not weapons of the world. You see, Jesus has very, very strategic battle plans. And his battle plans are not understood by the world. The way he wants us to fight is not the way that we're going to fight when we're out, if we, if we decide to rely on the world to fight our battles. I'm telling you that when you're going through something, you've got to find somewhere and hit your knees and start praying and ask Jesus for advice. We can't rely on ourselves for nothing. That blood was not applied so we could be alone. That blood was not applied so we can do everything by ourselves. When we do it by ourselves, we are destined for failure. When we're going through something, we'll do it on ourselves and rely on the world and worldly things. But I'm telling you now that the world, they may help you for a moment. The world's going to give you a band-aid, but my Jesus gives you deliverance. Deliverance will bring you out of every circumstance that you may be going through. The world will never understand what our God is capable of. They won't understand that his war strategies. They can't help me fight these battles that I'm going through. The weapons of the kingdom demolish the strongholds of addiction, the strongholds of depression, the strongholds of sickness and death. That word strongholds means that there's a wall up. And that wall separates you from what's on the other side. And we can't tear that wall down by ourselves. We got to allow the blood to be applied on our life. So it says that they prayed and they fasted. And what happened next? They get a word from the Lord. See, they were obedient. And as citizens of the kingdom, I believe our obedience is what gives us access to use the keys that that Jesus has given us to open doors in our life that will break chains. You see, without obedience, you can have keys, but you won't know what to do with them. If I go to somebody and I grab their keys and I don't talk to them and find out, uh, 
what do I need to do with them? All I got in my hand is a set of keys. No kind of direction. No kind of order. What do you mean by obedience? We have a manual. We have a manual that tells us everything that we need to do. It explains to us how to use these keys that he's given us. I kind of watched Pastor last week, and he said that as citizens of the kingdom, you must have a citizenship to obtain that. And you must acknowledge who he is, confess him with your tongue that he is Jesus the Savior, and believe it in your heart. And you will be a citizen of this kingdom. You will be a Christian, a believer in Christ, and he will give you these keys. Let me explain something. These keys can't be used if you don't know how to use them. You see, we need to truly understand obedience because it's in our obedience that we can open the door to God's purpose and plan for our life. It's in our obedience that we can activate a word that is spoken over us. It's in our obedience that we understand the true identity in Christ, our true identity in Christ. He called us a son, a daughter. He said we are a child of God. It does not matter what the world tries to classify us as it matters what Jesus said we were. James said, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Obedience. Obedience makes that word pop out. When we're praying and building that relationship with Jesus, that word begins to bring life. It's in our obedience that we know how to speak to Satan and look at him and say, shut up, Satan. Not today. Not today. It's in our obedience that we can go to work and it don't matter what goes on, God said, Jesus said, I am peace. He didn't say that everything's got to go good to have peace, did he? He said, I am peace, and if Jesus lives inside of us, then we are peace. It don't matter what happens in our life, because we will always have that peace inside of us. Some people believe peace means everything's going good. No, don't, peace don't mean that. Peace means that I got a Savior that is standing in front of me when the things go wrong in my life. I got a savior that I can call on when things go wrong in my life. I got a Jesus that I can call out to when the enemy starts knocking on my door and they surround me and I got nowhere else to go. Jesus said, you better stand down and I'm going to stand firm on the promises of God. And through their, through their obedience, their praying and fasting, they get a word from God, and look what God says. And the prophet Jehazel said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the, end, by the ancient of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem. You will not need to fight in this battle. Good gracious. 
You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. I mean, wow. He said, for the battle is not yours but God's. Why, why are we out here trying to fight? Why is it when things come up against us, we're out here trying to do it on our own? Oh God, I'm losing everything. I'm going to go to the bank and get a loan. Have you talked to the Lord first? I'm not saying the bank can't help you, but if you go do it on your own, you're going to dig yourself in a hole that you can't get out of. You talk to the Lord, he'll say you go get that loan and you will not lack for anything because I said go get it. When you seek him first and foremost at all times, you will never lack for anything because he is the source. All that other stuff is resources. We get sick. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor because God made these doctors with brilliant minds and he put it in their head. I'm saying when you get sick, you better seek him first. Sometimes he might say stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But we won't know that if we don't talk to him. We won't know that if we don't have a relationship with him. Every battle we face, Jesus said, it's not yours, it's mine. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I'm telling you that when Jesus was walking that line and they were beating him in the back, every stripe that came against him, he said, oh, that's a stripe for depression. Oh, that's a stripe for strongholds. Oh, that's a stripe for my marriage. You go ahead and you tell my people that I'm going to walk this line, and you will not go lacking. You will not fear because I am with you. I believe when he was walking that line, he was speaking our names because he knows my name. He said, Justin, just because you think you ain't good enough, oh, there you go, because I'm going to stand for you. He said, Holly, I know you might go through depression, but oh, I'm going to be there with you. We're going to get so things are going to happen in our life that I'm telling you that if when you got Jesus standing on the forefront, there's nothing that can nothing that Satan can take from you. Oh, he's going to try. But I want him to go up there and say, God, let me test Justin. Let me see what he's about. And I want him to say, you go ahead, try him, because I know what, I know what he's about. I know, I know who he believes in. I know he understands the weapons of this war. I believe when we understand that, and we truly get that, we as a church... We as a nation will be able to rise against anything. Yeah. 
in the midst of these battles when we are obedient and seek Jesus. He's going to look at us and say, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord, see the salvation of the Lord because I bring deliverance. I will always be there. So I'm telling you, go out and stand firm, face those enemies that surround you and the Lord will be with you. Dear shall come on. I'm going to go ahead and close. I told y'all, well, told some that I weren't going to be long. I said, God gave me a word, and all I can do is go up there and deliver it. But I feel like this is almost the, one of the most important parts about this word. When they got a word, it says in verse 18, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. I'm telling you, I don't, I, I don't know what you might be going through. I don't know what enemies may be upon you. But I'm telling you that your praise, your praise will break strongholds. Your praise will bring Satan to his knees and flee. He said, he'll say, I've already done all that to him, yet he will still praise the Lord. Your praise will shift the atmosphere, not just in a room, but in your life. Verse 21 says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. See, in that word, it never said that you got to praise me. Come on. When God gave them that word, he didn't say, all right, once I give you this word, I need y'all to go out and praise me. And they didn't praise him after they defeated the enemy. They didn't wait till he worked the issue out to go out and praise him. Scripture says that when they got that word, Jehoshaphat hit the floor and put his face in the ground. That means he knew the goodness of the Lord. He already knew what God was going to do for him. It's that kind of trust and faith that shows God that we are believers and we don't just talk about it, but we are about it. There's some people that just talk about it. Oh yeah, I'm a believer. But we got to stop talking about it. We got to live it. Verse 22 says this. Now when they began to sing and to praise, this is so powerful. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord started to set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. 
and they were defeated. It says, when they began to praise. Sometimes when we're going, when, when, the, when the enemy is at our doorstep, we've already prayed, we fasted for a word. We said God's going to deliver it. But we're waiting on him to give the deliverance. We're waiting on him to work it out before we will praise him. But Jehoshaphat said that when he prayed, when he praised, God started to do a thing. When he started his praise, God started to work it out in their lives. God started, said, I'm going to set ambushes. He already told him you ain't even going to have to fight. He said, you just march against them. And when you get there, you, they started praising. He didn't tell them to praise again. He said, you march against them and you go up to them. And I'm going to show you what I'll do. I believe that there's some people that's waiting. They've prayed about it. They fasted. They've gotten, they've gotten a word. And they're waiting to see the goodness of the Lord. They're waiting on him to work it out. But I'm telling you that when the enemy is near, when the enemy is around, that you still have peace, you still have joy. I want to know if there are people in here that will praise him in the valley and praise him on the mountain. See, even when you think you got everything figured out, you got to praise him because I want to live in the overflow. I don't want to just have to live and praise him when my cup is dry. I want to live in the overflow. I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to praise him when he says you got it all. I'm going to praise him when he says you got nothing. I want to praise him when cancer's in my body. And I'm going to praise him when it ain't. It don't matter. Because he's already given me everything that I need. The battle is already won. What, what are we waiting on? He's already done a thing. He, the blood was applied. Jesus said, by his stripes you were healed. His stripes was a thousand, two thousand years ago. Don't matter what Satan brings against us. Don't matter what he takes from us. The battle's already won. All we got to do is laugh in his face and praise God and say, thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that the blood was applied telling you that as a citizen of the kingdom of God he has given us authority over everything on this earth darkness cannot cannot live in our presence when we understand that we have the authority to speak light into any situation God is going to work it out. But he said, I need you to shout it out. I want to hear it from the top of your lungs. He don't ask for much. He really asks as far as giving him. We don't give him anything. It's a free gift. Salvation is free. I don't think anybody had to pull out their bank account and come up here and offer money for salvation. It was free. 
the least we can do is praise His name. I'm going to speak to the lost. If you don't know Him, if you're lost, I'm telling you this man, Jesus, He will fix any situation in your life. He will bring you peace, joy, and happiness that you would never dream of. He'll be there when it seems like nobody else is there. He will bring addictions to its knees. Whatever you're going through, I'm telling you, that Jesus is the answer. There's people in here that grew up with me, knew me, probably said, Justin ain't never gonna preach. There ain't no way Justin's gonna preach. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you get in a relationship with the with the Jesus that I know, with the Lord, the same Lord from the day one to the Lord who is now, when you get in his relationship and you get in his presence, I don't care what people call you on the outside because he's going to call you something different because he's got a purpose and plan for you. And the purpose and plan that you think that might be in your life, when you come to meet Jesus, it's going to change and transform. know that Jesus he didn't say you have to get cleaned up before you come up here there's some out there that might say well I can't go in there right now because I I, I, got, I got to get right first I hear that a lot I got to get right first I got to get right first now you come on up here let me introduce you to him and then let me let me let him tell you what you need to do. I don't need to tell you what you need to do. When you come up here and you meet the man that lives inside of me and he enters inside of you, he's gonna, it's gonna want you to change. He's gonna clean you up. I'm done, I thank you. I appreciate everybody for coming. I'm going to pass this torch to the pastor and let him close it on out. something to be proud of. I, I, I just want to just take a moment uh, as I feel the, feel the function of the Spirit to share with you the significance of the moment. I'm, I'm currently doing a series entitled Keys to the Kingdom or Kingdom's Key. 
And Justin has given us today a master key. Thank you. Justin has given to us today a master key. And that master key is Jesus. I don't care what the door is. Jesus is the access. I don't care what the lock is. I don't care what the combination is. When you show up with Jesus, somebody don't believe that, but the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. And I come by to tell somebody today that when you believe in and confess that name, that opens the doors to heaven. That opens the doors to the kingdom. If you're lost today, some people say they don't like the name drop. Drop that name. Sir, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That'll get you into place. In fact, that's the only key that gives access to that city. That's the only key that unlocks the doors of the gates of hell and lets you walk out into the goodness of the grace of God. And if you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus, Justin, son, would you, would you come and stand? Come and stand with him, Holly. If you don't know Jesus, would you just come to this young man that just poured his heart out? I'm just saying if you're in this place and you're lost, even if you feel like you can't make that today, would you just come and say, sir, thank you for showing me the way. He's not the way, but he just showed us the way. Would you come? Would you just come and say, sir, thank you for showing me the key to everlasting life. Is there one that would come? You don't have to stay if you don't want to. That's up to you. This young man stood and his no easy feet. They stood up here and fight the voices. You hear God calling you forward and the devil telling you, man, what are you doing? You're going to make a mess. But he told us the way. Is there one that'll come? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one that would just come by and shake his hand and say, Sir, I, I just acknowledge that I'm lost and now I know the way. Just remember me when you pray.
Just do it. All right. I need to speak to the people that's in relationship with God. He said a word there that's important that I speak to. He said Jehoshaphat told him to stand still. And see, I think that we Christians, we get that word mixed up sometimes and we bind each other because we don't have a proper understanding of what that word means. Sometimes you got to stand still. That word stand still don't mean stop in the Hebrew. That word in the Hebrew means to continue. That word in the Hebrew means continue and to stand your ground. So he was telling them, you don't have to leave this spot. You don't have to run and go back where you come from. God has given you this place and I'm telling you to keep going in Jesus and stand your ground. Withstand the enemy. It means be terrified and afraid no more. And Sister Sally, I'm sick and tired of God's people living beneath their privileges, living to the beliefs and the system of someone else. The Bible says there's freedom in Jesus. Who in here is bound? Who in here is afraid? Who in here feels like you got to give up? Who feels like you can't go on? Justin said, stand still and see the deliverance of God. Just continue in Jesus. Continue to stand your ground. Continue to withstand the enemy. That war has already been won. So that makes sense, don't it, Sister Jane Chavin? Sometimes we feel like we're defeated and we just stop. And the devil loves it when we stop. But you realize that even in the children of Israel, in their disobedience and their fear of going into the promised land, that God never let them stand still in the terms of stopping. God said, you can march while you wait. I just come by and tell somebody, you might not be delivered yet, but I come by and tell you, God wants you to keep marching while you're waiting. Who am I talking to? You've been afraid. This man preached about prayer and praise. I remember standing in my office, I was down that way, and I got the call from Pinehurst Oncology. I said, Mr. Jacobs, that tumor that they took out of your neck is cancerous. And we need you to come by and schedule an appointment. Was I scared? Yes, I was scared right there. But you know what I did, Sister Jane Chavis? I walked out in the hallway. I remember V was down in the other office. I, I walked down in there and I stopped in the hallway. And there was, was there, yes, there was fear in my mind. I didn't know what was on the other side of that. But I remember I stopped right there where I stood in the door. And I lifted my hands up in the, in the air. And I began to give God praise. I remember being... the oncology center with chemo running in my veins and they would walk by they would look at me I'd have my praise and worship music on 
and the hand that, 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 that had the needle in it that was shooting, I'd raise that hand up in the air and praise God right back in the face of, of what I was going through. I didn't know what was on the other side, but I knew that I was in Jesus and I was not going to stop. I'm going to continue to pray and praise because no matter what the circumstance, my God is greater. And I just wanted to give somebody here a chance that, that maybe you've been afraid lately. Maybe you feel like you can't go on. Maybe you stop coming to church like you used to. Maybe you just go once in a while. Maybe you stop coming to Bible study like you used to. Maybe you stop praying like you used to. Maybe you stop reading God's Word like you used to. Maybe you start just singing songs of joy like you used to. And you feel like you've got more bad days than you've had good. I'm telling you to come on right now. I stand here as a representative of God. I lay my hands on you. And I declare that I'll take my master key, which is Jesus. And I speak Jesus over your life. Do you need to come? Do you need to come? It's okay. There ain't no shame in coming. Do you need to come? Is there one? We come here to affirm him today. But this is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice in God. We're going to get to that. But he preached a message about deliverance. I believe because God wanted to set some folk free. As the old folks used to say, that boy preached like a grown man. God used him. God just didn't give him a pretty sermon. I believe that if somebody believe what he preached and come here, God's going to set you free. I believe if somebody believe what he preached, that Jesus is going to save you right now. Is there one? Is there one?